You're listening to Sports and More with Chris and Tom. Welcome back. It's the guys with the faces for radio and the voices for a silent movie. This is Sports and More with Chris and Tom. I am Chris. And I am Tom. And I'm going to start us off with a bit of news, jumping right into it tonight. First of all, some news in the uh, NFL world. Uh, Philip Rivers has retired after 17 seasons in the NFL. Very emotional exit for him today. I saw a bit of his press conference. And I would I, I would be too if that was where I spent the last 17 years of my career. Uh, so uh, congratulations to him. He's, he's maybe not had uh, the most successful in terms of Super Bowls, but he has been a uh, a, a solid standing quarterback for uh, many seasons and um, certain, certainly one that uh, the, the Chargers were blessed to have for many years at, at leading the charge, if it were, if you will, pun intended. Um, so congratulations to him on his retirement. Maybe not the way he wanted to go out, but um, still a good man. So I applaud him on his career. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Phil Rivers is a very is one of those quarterbacks who belongs to the Hall of the Very Good, but not the Hall of Fame in my estimation. So he might make the Hall of Fame for the NFL because they have become the Hall of the Very Good, no longer the Hall of Fame at this point. So I think he'll get in. Much like Eli Manning, those two in my mind are in the Hall of the Very Good. They're not Hall of Fame level, but they'll both get in because the NFL does not care about keeping it prestigious at this point in time. Yeah, and that will get into one of our topics tonight. But uh, before that, I just want to uh, uh, give a, a shout-out to uh, an area around my my town where I lived in, in the Forreston community. Um, hearts, thoughts, and prayers go out to the community as um, the uh, chief of police, uh, Mike Boomgarden, um, passed away today um, due to some health complications. So. Uh, I just want to uh, you know lift, lift them up over uh, the next several days as you know uh, this the the family was has been around in the community for a long time, very connected to the community. They love this um, area. and so uh, many lives were touched by that family. and so uh, for for the chief to no longer be with us, he was a very good man, met him uh, several times, even just in the short time that I've lived here and um, very, very approachable, very nice guy. So um, he will be missed. Yeah, thoughts and prayers to the community. That's a hard thing, especially in small town communities. The chief of police is kind of like the mayor in some aspects because everyone knows who he is. And everyone usually likes him. So it's thoughts right. and prayers to the and community. Thank you. And uh, and really, you know, he was kind of the the chief of police for uh, my town too. So um, Forreston and uh, Forreston, German Valley, and um, I believe even um, one other town fall under the forest and jurisdiction. And so they kind of shared um, police forces. And so we'd always see his truck driving through because I live right on the main road in town. And, um, you know, they, they I'd see his truck coming through and always tell who, which one it was. So um, always good to, to kind of see him, see him out and about. Um, so um, prayers go, go out to the family. And uh, really just, uh, you know, in, in a time where the community is hurting, we just want to be there for them. So um, y- you'll probably hear me talk about forest and community quite a bit. So I just wanted to uh, bring that up tonight. Um, 
But again, before we get into our main topic, we just want to also say a thank you to all of you because we looked at our uh, stats on Anchor tonight and we had our most successful week ever um, of, of podcast plays. We had 56 plays this week, which doesn't sound like much, but we had 45 plays coming from older content that was uh, the the um, prior to the last three weeks, I believe, yep. and so or the last two weeks possibly. And so uh, we just want to thank all of you for supporting us, and going back and checking out that older content because it's really getting us toward that goal. I know we had kind of made an informal goal of hitting about 600 plays by the Super Bowl, and we're about 583. So 17 plays between now and February 6th, we we hit that that goal that we didn't even know that we wanted to make. So uh, thank yeah. you all for that. I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, we'll we'll still put out like maybe two more episodes, three more episodes before the Super Bowl. So, hey, that's more content. We'll probably hit that. You guys are awesome. Thank you guys for following us. And some more news on that front about the show. Well, video. Um, we found out that my computer is too old to handle new memory. So that, <laughs> that, that, that was fun. I put in the DDR3 memory and the computer said, error, error, error. And it tried to explode. And I said, okay, fine. We then looked into what it would cost to get a streaming PC, just a basic streaming budget PC, and, well, that's out of our price range as of yet. For it being a budget PC, it's still out of our budget, seeing as our budget is pretty much zero. Well, well and considering the, the budget PC costs more than Xbox Series X, which costs $500, <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, no, thank you, so... Yeah, if someone wants to sponsor that, then sure, go, we can go ahead and go with it, but not in our current position. Yeah, so as we're going with the show, looks like we're going to be we're discussing going forming an LLC and going to more of a business route so that we can put funds into it and get those higher end things that we need to make the show run. But for now, video is probably on hold for a bit until we figure that bit out. And find a way around that issue. So we'll get there, guys. It's just going to take a little bit longer than we always anticipate because technology is the bane of our existence. Always has been, probably always will, even if we get that uh, newer computer up and running and get streaming up and running. There's always hiccups along the way. That being said, if you have a business that would like to sponsor us, shameless plug here. Just kidding. <laughs> Not really. Uh, I, I mean, if, if you feel generous. Um, your funds are probably better off going towards a more worthy cause, but we still appreciate your support by listening to our content. Now, we would love to get into our main topic of the evening, going back to our uh, our uh, notice of Philip Rivers being in the, the hall of very good, uh, the hall of, of uh, exceptionally good, yeah. but not necessarily the hall of fame. We, we can see. We, I mean, I think, that, I think you could vote it in. But our topic tonight is the 2021 class of the hall of fame for the NFL um, I pretty much went backwards in what that yeah. is. The NFL Hall of Fame class of 2021 is what we have in our notes, but you know that everything is made up and the points don't matter. Absolutely. So we are giving our top five modern era candidate candidates because this is really the first class of modern era players that uh, uh, people in their, their late 20s, uh, early 30s, even early 20s maybe saw watching, uh, watched them play growing up. And so we've got uh, – guys like Peyton Manning and, and Charles Woodson and, and those that, that we saw growing up. And so we're going to get into some of those folks. There are 15 finalists, and we are going to give you our five, um, and plus an honorable mention. So 
with that being said, Chris, do you want to start us off with your honorable mention? Yes. Yeah, or maybe outside of the top five? Yeah, so my own honorable mention goes to a receiver who I think people don't give enough credit to just because of the team he played for and the, and for his numbers don't look that great because it was the early 2000s to the late to 2010s when there was still defense low in the NFL. I know it's hard to imagine. The <laughs> defense has been taken out, so it's hard to gauge his numbers. Uh, I have Torrey Holt as an honorable mention. Played 11 seasons in the NFL, 10 with the Rams, one with the Jags. Uh, played 173 games with 158 starts, so not all that many plays. Uh, when you consider how long his career was, he got hurt a lot. He's a, he's a small guy, small speed guy. He has 920 career receptions, 20 receptions, which is 21st in the NFL history. Still pretty good. 13,382 receiving yards, 16th in the NFL, so very good numbers for his career length. And same for receiving touchdowns, which is tied for 38th in the NFL. So not, he was a yards guy, not more so than a touchdowns guy because he's a speed receiver, and those guys are either home runs or they're just going to get yards. They're not going to really, really be the red zone threat. Mm-hmm. And he's more memorable for being part of the greatest show on turf that went to two Super Bowls, beat the Titans in the first Super Bowl I ever watched, which is still my favorite Super Bowl of all time, and then losing to the Patriots, starting the Patriots dynasty that everyone knows and either loves and or dreads that has finally come to an end. And – the reason why he's not on my list is because if you think of the greatest show on turf, he, turf, he's the fourth player you think of. You think of Kurt Warner first, then Marshall Falk, then Isaac Bruce, then you get to Torrey Holt. Torrey Holt was fantastic, but he's not the first thing we think of, and his numbers aren't the greatest even for his era. So I would say he's on the outside looking in right now because – yeah, receivers have a hard way to get in because there's a lot of good guys coming up, so he might have to wait a little bit longer to get in, in my estimation. Right, and if I'm not mistaken, this is his first year on the ballot, so may, maybe second. I know that we have the majority, I think maybe 12 of the 15 finalists. This is either their first or second year on the ballot. So I think um, that this is- and I know that he is, he is one of the two. He's either first or second year. I mean, it might be a second year uh, as a finalist, I think is what it is. As a finalist, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm I'm thinking of. So, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I grew up watching um, – I saw a lot of Rams football because, you know, I grew up in Springfield, Illinois. So I saw a lot of Bears, I saw the Rams, and I saw a lot of the Packers, which I know we're not going to talk about. But in, in school, those were the three jerseys you had. Those were one of the three that you that you had. So being so close to St. Louis, we saw a lot of Cardinal stuff. We saw a lot of Ram stuff. So I, I heard a lot about Torrey Holt. I heard a lot about the great, greatest show on turf and all of those guys, Marshall Falk, Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, and, and others, uh, j- just to name a few. And so, um, yeah, you're, I, I agree with your pick at, at um, an honorable mention for Torrey Holt because I, I do think that there are some very worthy candidates on this this finalist list that maybe would go ahead of him. But I absolutely could see him maybe next year if there is – I mean, there's this is a really strong class. If we don't have as strong of a class of modern era players next year, maybe he gets in because, so, honestly, he, he was very deserving of that. He um, Fantastic player in the way that we've seen a lot of folks get voted in lately, I, I think, or the last few years. I think that he would fall into the classification of, of uh, having his bust on the wall of fame in uh, Canton. Oh, yeah. He was very good. Also, he was at the XFL Battlehawks home opener. Remember, he was he the was. guy who was right. there. It was electric when he came out there. Like, the St. Louis crowd went berserk when they saw Torrey Hall. So he, he's a, he still, I think, lives in St. Louis, so he's a big St. Louis guy. So it's, 
it was really cool to see him. He's like, oh my gosh, that's Tory Holt. I remember him. He was crazy good on Madden. <laughs> he certainly was. Um, now I'd like to give my honorable mention, and I'm going to give it to uh, middle linebacker Zach Thomas. And there are many reasons to that. Uh, <laughs> one of which being that growing up, I saw his name come across. I was maybe like seven, eight, <clears throat> maybe even younger. And I saw his name come across the TV once uh, playing for uh, Miami Dolphins. I was like, Zach Thomas, that's close to my name. Because my name is, my full name, if you didn't know, is Zach Thompson. And so, and but a lot of kids, they got my name wrong and they'd call me Zach Thomas. Just because, you know, they, they you know, at, at that age, you're still le learning letters and stuff. I don't know, I was slow. But anyway, uh, <laughs> for some reason, not having the, the P in Thompson in my last name, people assume that then my name is Thomas. It's just a weird thing, but I I always kind of liked him because I was like, hey, it's close to my name. So that, that was that's the name that kind of resonates with me. But you know, he played uh, twelve seasons, 13, 13 seasons um, in the NFL, twelve of which with the Dolphins, uh, the last year of his career with uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And I mean, I would not say he put up the greatest numbers we've ever seen from a linebacker, which is maybe why I put him at my honorable mention. But I want to give some love to the defensive players because um, I think that this class is, as we typically expect, very offense heavy. Um, but just a few stats over his career, um, 20 and a half sacks, um, 19 and a half of those coming from uh, his years with the Dolphins, um, 1,100 solo tackles, 1,700 uh, combined with his assisted tackles, and 74 of his tackles tackles for, uh, were tackles for loss. So, I mean, you're, you're not talking about, like, the greatest numbers you've ever seen, but when you hear 1,700 tackles over 12 years, I mean, that's – you're definitely over 100 tackles a year, maybe close to 120 tackles a year. That Those are impressive numbers, and so they're, they're hard to ignore. And so for me, it's it's not that he was the most impressive player, but I think he was always consistent enough. Um, and part of that could just be, um, you know, him being uh, on the team that he was in the time that he was. You know, um, this was post Marino, and so didn't have the the greatest leadership on on field. But he still, I think, was a for the team that he was on a, a great leader for the Dolphins. And so I think part of that also is the reason that goes into it is you know that he led the team that he was on given um, the other players yep. and where they, they were in that era. And so I don't think uh, necessarily he was the greatest, but he stepped into a role, especially towards the end of his career. He became more of a veteran on the field. Um, so I, I, I like him for many reasons, uh, some personal reasons, uh, but I, I think he's one of those guys that um, will he get in o over the next few years? I don't know, but it, it's very hard to tell. But I think he's worthy of being a finalist because um, he did definitely he, he was very consistent across his career. So um, there are a few years of drop numbers due to injury, but I think when you look consistently over his career, he he stood up to the test of time, which is hard to see for a linebacker over um, a decade. Yeah, Zach Thomas was on the same defense as Jason Taylor, who is the better of the two Jason Taylor's a dominant the end for the dolphins, but Zach Thomas was always a, I think a pro bowler in the AFC. He was 
Usually, regardless of the third best middle linebacker was there behind Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher, who were clear Hall of mm-hmm. Famers. So he was one yeah. of those guys who gets overlooked because of the two linebackers he was being compared to, who were physical freaks of nature. Urlacher, a six foot two, can run like a gazelle, and Ray Lewis, who was just six, he might have been shorter than Urlacher, but that man packed a wallop of a punch when he hit you. Absolutely. And w- forgive me for forgetting this. When did Taylor leave the, the league? It was a roughly the same time as uh, Thomas. They were they were on the team for years. Oh, they, they were okay. Yeah. I, for some reason, I keep putting um, Taylor in more of like the the two thousand two thousand one timeline that he left the league. But I guess he was a little bit longer. So um, right. yeah, forgive me for for saying that, um, that Thomas was really the leader. I mean, he he was. Uh, He's probably as good of a linebacker as we've uh, seen out of Miami in, in some time. But uh, he and Taylor definitely led that defense. Yeah, he was, um, a, he was so, a tackle machine. That's what he was. Yeah, I think the two of them com- combined for some uh, impressive numbers together um, for being Miami Dolphins. So, um, <laughs> but, I, but again, I, I don't think that he, he'll be a, um, a top five this year. Um, but still, I wanted to give some recognition to to a defensive guy. Um, so, we, with that being said, we do want to get into our top five. And uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce our our number five? And yes, we do have this in some sense of an order, but it, it's not a hundred percent. It's not saying that one guy is more impressive or more important than another. We're just giving kind of who we would have said one, two, three, four, five. So starting off with our number five here, Chris. Yeah, so number five, we have Reggie Wayne, as everyone knows. He played for the Indianapolis Colts. A lot of Colts fans out there love Reggie Wayne. He played with them for 14 seasons, played in 211 games with 197 starts. So he pretty much was a starter from day one. Also, I think maybe his rookie year where he started a few games on the bench and maybe second year, but he was a starter pretty much from the jump. He ended his career with 1,070 receptions, Currently 10th most in the NFL history. That'll probably change as time goes on. 14,345 receiving yards. 10th most in NFL history. 82 receiving touchdowns. Tied for 25th in the NFL. And he had guys like Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck throwing him the football. So he's going to be downgraded because of that in a lot of people's eyes because, yeah, he was great, but who was throwing him the football? Andrew Luck, not a Hall of Famer because he didn't play long enough, but he still he was on track to be one. And Peyton Manning, who is, well, clearly a Hall of Fame quarterback because – when we get the numbers speak for themselves when we get there, but it's Reggie Wayne should be on this list in my estimation because he's clearly top 15 of all time by numbers. Whether or not you agree with those numbers, tell the whole story is another uh, matter. Absolutely. I, I agree. I mean, you, you, you said it. he's 10th most in NFL history in receptions and receiving yards, 25th in receiving touchdowns. Um, and uh, it, you know, he was a longstanding institution in, Indianapolis, the fans loved him, and and even as an you know, I was not a Colts fan. I always recognized the name Reggie Wayne, oh, and yeah. that's always one you know, it, it, you could even <laughs> he, he, he was another Madden guy that you, you yeah. get him on the field and you're not upset about it. So like I I liked watching him play. He played the game right, um, and he played the game well. So yeah. I I think he's he's well deserving of the Hall this year. Oh, yeah. He, quick, fast, and dynamite. You always wonder, how could Reggie Wayne be so wide open? Like, shouldn't someone be covering that man? He seems to be pretty good at his job, so let's just stop him. 
Yeah, it's just like, oh, hey, how did we forget about Reggie Wayne? Yeah, yeah he's in the end zone again, folks. <laughs> so <laughs> hard to stop a man that never stops running. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah I, I think he's well deserving of being a finalist, and I, I hope, um, I hope we see him uh, get into the Hall of Fame this year. Well deserving. Um, so, go he probably, ahead. He probably will get in the Hall of Fame, but we gave some love to the offense guy. Let's go with some defensive luck. How about you give us a number four guy, Mr. Thompson? Do you even remember this guy on, from his playing days, or is this something where you're like, uh, I don't remember him? I'll be honest. I did not remember this guy. Okay. But I looked at his numbers and um, how long he played, and, and really he, he's an impressive individual. This is John Lynch, safety, um, who played 15 seasons in the NFL, 11 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and four with the Denver Broncos. He played 224 games with 191 starts. As a defensive player, that in itself is impressive. I know we talked about you know 211 starts or 211 games, 197 starts for Reggie Wayne being impressive, which really is. But for a defensive guy, that's honestly I think it's even more impressive that he played in that many games with that many starts, um, especially in an era of football that was um, <laughs> more rough and tough. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll put it that way. I mean, I think it's. You know, that era of football was um, insane. The, the the hits that we saw, there was no pulling punches like there is Ooh. today. Um, so that's, I think, another reason that he, he's deserving of being on this list. He, he This is his eighth year on the ballot, and he comes from an era of football where uh, you, you knock a guy's face in and you both get up and just keep on playing because that's how the game was played. There's right. no, uh, you know, flops. There's no penalties for roughing or whatever. It's you, you play the game hard. You play the game um, till the last whistle. And I, I, you know, looking at some of his highlights, that's how he played over his uh, 15 seasons. He had 26 interceptions for a safety. Uh, you know, that's that's <laughs> we see we see a lot more interception numbers now, and I think. Uh, you know, some of that is just due to the nature of the game, yep. but I, I, I think 26 interceptions over his, his time period, still very impressive. 68 pass defense tied for 160, uh, first most in the NFL. So, yeah, all right, but, uh, 16 forced fumble tied for 117th, um, 13 sacks as a safety. Now that's impressive. Seeing it, we just talked about how Zach Thomas, had 20 himself over fewer seasons. Um, yeah, that's that's impressive in itself. But for a safety who's supposed to be playing in the in the, the secondary, I I'm more impressed by that honestly than than 20. Um, over a thousand combined tackles, 17 or excuse me, 727 solo, which is the 48th most in NFL history. Again, for a safety, impressive. 319 assists and 28 tackles for loss. So. And of those tackles for a loss, 13 were sacks. Yeah. So think about that, 15 of his tackles for a loss were not sacks. So almost half of them were, were sacks as a safety. It, it, it's impressive. And so he, like I've said before, he's one of the last hard-hitting safeties in the NFL, largely due to rule changes that happened after his retirement. So I, I think this I, – I think sending him to the hall is the right move because you've sent guys like him already. Uh, the, the guys that played tough, played hard, maybe not were the, the greatest of all time in their position, but they played the game well, in, in, especially in the area, era of football. Um, I, I kind of miss more of that hard hitting. Honestly, I, I think the game has changed uh, in, in a uh, 
I know it's we're, we're talking about protecting players, and that's all fine and dandy, but we all love watching big hits, okay? There's a reason there's a truck stick and a big hit stick in Madden mm -hmm. and then in NCAA video games is because everybody loves the big hit. And so going back to that uh, that time where that was kind of like more celebrated instead of um, discouraged, I, I like a guy like that. Oh, yeah. He was a frequent ESPN segment back in the day called You Got Jacked Up. It was, it was a big hit. Yeah. Highlight reel. He was a staple of that. He was always jacking guys up. He was he's physical. He played in the Buccaneers. He then won the Super Bowl. He's the current gym of the Niners, doing a great job there. John Lynch numbers, he's a strong safety. He's not out there to stop to tip the pass, but he's out there to hit someone and make sure they know they got stuck. And so you have to kind of ignore the pass defense and all that stuff and look at tackles. He was paid to hit people. Yeah. He's the last of the Harding safeties, much like his teammate Mike Olsat is the last of the great fullbacks. Mike Olsat, who buddy, that fullback man, he was a beast among men. <laughs> Sorry, that, those two are – are, fullbacks were actually used in the NFL. I mean, those two are in my mind because they're like like last fullback, Mike Olsat, last strong safety, John Lynch. Yes, it's called Yushuk in the, in the NFL, but he's not Mike Olsat. Watch Mike Olsat highlights, and you tell me the difference between Mike Olsat and Kyle Yushuk is a – a whole gulf of a difference between the two styles. Absolutely. So I I think that you know, this is a defensive player that um, comes from a different style of play of football, and um, we've we've celebrated that in the past with with Hall of Fame um, elections. And, and I I think given the way he played the game, like you said, he wasn't there just to. Um, tip the ball away just to defend the pass. He was there to hit hard. He was there to make tackles, and he certainly did, um, especially for his position. So I think he should be honored that way. Um, and, and especially, like you said, he, he's still uh, a GM. He's still connected in the league. So just his whole career, even beyond playing on the field, I think should be considered in that as well. Um, so definitely just uh, his connection to the NFL – really is in my mind worthy absolutely 100 percent agree with you on that one yeah uh so sticking with the the defensive side do you want to introduce our number three fella for yeah. the um for the the hall class of, of 2021 oh absolutely this man is a man i remember playing with a man in nfl street as well i <laughs> used the raiders yeah. on nfl street uh, Charles Woodson, who played DB because he played corner and safety later on in his career. He was a safety. And before I continue on, I forgot to tell you guys that like, all the sets I'm using for you guys either came from Pro Football Reference, a, a website mm -hmm. I plug every time I use them. And also there's some I use from Wikipedia. That's like later on because there's like quarterback wins, which aren't like clearly defined on, on most websites. But Charles Woodson played 18 years in the NFL, 11 with the Oakland Raiders, and seven with the evil green and yellow team that hails from Green Bay, Wisconsin. He played in 254 games with 251 starts. 254 oh games played with 251 starts. That man was on the field and starting from day one. He has 65 INTs, tied for fifth most in NFL history. 183 pass defense tied for fourth most in NFL history. Pass defense is a kind of a stat that's developed later on, so there's probably guys who could have more than him, but there was one recorded at the time. 33 forced fumbles as tied for 19th in NFL history. 20 sacks, as Tom mentioned. I believe Zach Thompson had 20 in his career, so that's a corner with 20 sacks. 20.5. 20. 20. So, 20. yeah. Half a sack less, but still impressive nonetheless. 1,220 combined tackles, 997 of them were solo, 
14th most in NFL history, 223 assistant tackles, and 54 tackles for losses. So the man was a stud, played for 18 seasons, and at a high level all the time until the very end. The man was a stud. There's nothing much you can say about nothing else you can say about that. Well, I, I know you, you really can't say anything else about it because he, he really is one of the greatest DBs to have ever played in the NFL. Um, and and uh, I, I don't think that is even contested at all. I, I don't think anyone can disagree with that. Um, my So my wife being a, a diehard Packer fan um, heard that we were doing, uh, doing a, a Hall of Fame talk and um, I'm trying to remember how the whole conversation went, but I think even before I told her that I was going to, you know, put Charles Woodson on this list, she goes, man, I wonder if Charles Woodson is up for getting in the hall of this year. So she knew it's about time. Yeah. So I, I honestly think that there should be no objection to this whatsoever. And this is two Bears fans, real, recognize real. Yeah. We're, we're oh, yeah. talking about a guy like, you know, we, we recognize great players in the game when we see them. And I, I, I cannot deny that he is one of those guys. And so even though as a, as a Bears fan, he tore us up, um, you yeah. know, we, yeah, did. <laughs> yeah, we really cannot, um, cannot disrespect him because um, there's nothing to disrespect. I think, especially with this, uh, you know, the 20 sacks is really impressive as a DB, uh, especially over a linebacker like, like Thomas. Um, but I think the most impressive stat that you told me tonight was 251 starts over 254 games. Just to do some math for you, that is a 98.8% start percentage. <laughs> that at, at three games over 18 seasons that he did not start. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and, uh, and, so that's the thing, 24, 254 games played with 254 starts. So in the games that he played, he started in 98% of them, almost 99%. Yep. That does not happen. That doesn't happen in today's, uh, today's game. We see so many guys sitting for, for injuries. And, uh, well, and with the anomaly of this season, the COVID season, we're, we're going to put an asterisk next to that but because that's, it's an outlying factor. But you don't see guys who are nose to the grindstone um, as much as some of those guys from this past era of football. And Charles Woodson was one. He did not make any excuses to get on the field. And uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he is uh, an analyst now for one of the, the stations doing doing games, or at least he has been brought on. I so, so he's I another guy who's connected to the game after he's done playing. So you got to respect that. Oh, yeah, he's one of the best. If that man was helping, he was playing. There's no two ways about that. He's either sitting or he's playing. There is no in-between for him. Absolutely. And so why don't you introduce our second guy who's maybe who everyone knows, but he's like, really, this guy's up already? He's waited out five years just like Charles Woodson, but a little bit of different circumstances with this fella. Yeah, and this is – when you showed me the list of who was eligible for this year, who was finalist for this year, the, the, the 15 finalists, I, I thought there was a mistake because I, I was like, there's no way that this guy could be up for the hall already because I knew I, – I remember when he came into the league. Yeah. I remember when he was at Georgia Tech beating up Notre Dame because back, back when Notre Dame played Georgia Tech every year. Yeah. This is Calvin Megatron Johnson, wide receiver, uh, played 
nine seasons with the Detroit Lions. So uh, there's a reason he's called Megatron is he was a machine. And uh, I mean, he had hands the size of dinner plates. He could uh, reach to heights that few men could and make plays that uh, even fewer could complete. And so this is this is a guy, I, I think another no-doubter, even though his career was, I think is the shortest on this list Easily. for certain um, by several years, uh, maybe four years even. But still, um, he made his impact with the team. Um, he, he made his impact in the league because now you see a lot of wide receivers, especially young receivers, already being compared to Megatron. And I haven't even gotten to his stats yet, but they're already comparing to the, the, the style of play that he has because he was built big and played bigger. Yeah. So um, over nine seasons, he played in 135 games, started in 130 of them. Excuse me. He has 731 receptions, which is 47th in NFL history. And had he continued playing, he probably would be – it would have been climbing his way up that list. Yeah. Um, he has 11,619 receiving yards, 32nd in NFL history. Again, could have climbed that list. 83 receiving touch, touchdowns, which is more than Reggie Wayne. Yes. Um, in fewer seasons. Let's see, Reggie Wayne played 14 seasons. Calvin Johnson played five seasons fewer and had uh, one more one more touchdown than he did. Receiving touchdown anyway. Um, so uh, he is tied for 23rd in NFL history. He retired in his prime, much like Barry Sanders. Um, but if he had played for another three seasons, he would have easily been a top 10 receiver in every major category at the pace that he was continuing. So this is this is a guy, yeah, 30th, or let's see, 47th reception, 32nd receiving, 23rd in receiving touchdowns, excuse me, receiving yards and then receiving touchdowns in that order. Uh, you're right, three more seasons. And he would have at least gotten top 10 with uh, one of those categories. And so I, I think this is a guy that not that we, we consider trajectory or uh, prediction um, of his career into his um, Hall of Fame consideration, but what he did over less than a decade. He's the only player on this list that played less than a decade. And he is in the top 50 in every category, top 25 in receiving touchdowns. Uh, uh, that has to ha have had an impact in the league, and that he's still current players are still being compared to him, even though he didn't play uh, over an entire decade. I mean, the man was six foot five, two thirty five, and ran a sub four four forty. The man was tall, fast, strong, and unguarded. Besides one man, Peanut Tillman was the only guy who could stop him, and that was it. Uh, no one could stop Kelvin Johnson outside of Peanut Tillman our Bears DB that we love so much, but that was it. Kelvin Johnson should have been – people saying, is he a Hall of Famer? He's, his numbers aren't there. Like, dude, he played nine seasons. He was a, he would have been top ten everything. Put him in the hall. Get this over with. He belongs in there. The five games he did not start were his rookie season, his first five games. Every other game, he started from that point on. The man was unstoppable, unguardable, and he – he should be in the Hall of Fame. I, I know I have him higher than Reggie Wayne on our list, but that's because he was better than Reggie Wayne. Period. I, I, I agree. And I think, you know, they did play around or they, their careers crossed over. Um, and so yeah. you got to see them play at the same time. And the way that Calvin Johnson played the game, 
had he continued playing, I know we keep saying if he continued playing, if he, if he hadn't retired early, if he hadn't retired in his prime, but you look at his numbers and, and say that's the kind of numbers that you put up over a 12, 13-year career. No, he did it in less than a decade. He did it in nine seasons. So I, I think that alone is the numbers that he put up over the time that he did it. That is what you have to um, consider for this. And so that that's why I, I, I definitely – I mean – Personally, when I when I put this list together, I may not have put him at my number two, but I definitely uh, think he deserves to be in um, in our top five. Definitely needs to be uh, is deserving of being in the hall in this class of the the modern era of football players that we've seen, because you know he was he was a phenomenal player, and like I said, he was he was built huge and made those big plays that we celebrate so often with wide receivers now. So I, I don't think there's any way that you can say he's undeserving of the Hall of Fame when you look at the the, the numbers he put up over nine years. Oh, absolutely. You're going to get those those fuds out there, the old timers that are like, no, nah, he didn't play 10 seasons, he yeah. didn't play 12 seasons, he didn't play 15 seasons, whatever. Um, Re Reggie Wayne's still better. Um, Jerry Rice still better. I mean, yeah. Oh, Jack Rice is better. <laughs> You've got guys that are better than him. Okay, I'm not going to tell you that he is the best wide receiver of all time. No. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But I, I'm saying that he is a Hall of Famer. That's oh, all absolutely. I'm saying. I'm not going to say he is the best receiver of all time because we know that there are guys that are better out there. But he deserves to be in the same category as them. Oh, yeah. His problem was he played in Detroit with the Lions, a bum organization. I'm calling how it is. They're a bum organization who hit – he was in the ball thrown to by Matthew Stafford, and he had no – other help. Stafford is a great quarterback, and it was Stafford to Megatron. That's all they had on offense, and yet it worked. Yet it worked because those two were so good. Reggie Wayne had Dallas Clark. He had Adrian James. He had Marvin Harrison to take pressure off him throughout a good portion of his career. Calvin Johnson is clearly unstoppable because there's no one to take pressure off him. He was the guy. And I just want to play a little bit of the theoretical game here. Let's put him on a team like uh, the just keeping it in the, the NFC Bears. North. The, the Bears? Uh, look, put, no, put him on the Packers. Oh, jeez. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hear me out. Hear me out. Oh, God. With, a, with a quarterback, because he would have crossed over into that timeline, quarterback yeah. like uh, Brett Favre and Rodgers. Was, was he just Rodgers? He would have had both, I think. I think he would have well, had that's both. what I'm saying. He would have had both Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Can you see him like, yes, Matt Stafford has been a, a formidable quarterback uh, over a over a on a bad team. He yes, he's on a bad team, but he's he's not been the worst quarterback we've seen. Oh, no, no, he's a good quarterback in the league. So you see, you put him on a team with a better quarterback, and he is putting up top ten numbers over ten seasons, nine seasons. Excuse me. Not just a better quarter, a better team. He has a ring or two. Green Bay is now a dynasty, and now Bears fans are hating Green Bay even more. So that's there. We said, I was like, oh gosh, shoot me in the face. Because can you imagine having Megatron on the Packers? Oh. How much more we would have hated playing them? Oh, we would have lost every game by about 30 points. I, I hated playing the Lions because of him, and they were the Lions. I mean, we could beat the Lions, but Megatron always put the fear of the of the dear Lord above in you because you couldn't <laughs> stop him. No, he was going over guys to make yeah. play. Yeah. He was literally reaching over top of guys, yeah. of defenders, and making plays. That, like, that just doesn't happen. He's a freak of nature and absolutely needs to be in the hall. Absolutely. So 
And moving on into our number one guy, and this honestly was both of our number one picks when we saw the top 15. Chris, hit him with the number one. Who All is right, it? this one's a slam dunk. We've mentioned his name because of Rachel Wayne. We have quarterback Peyton Manning. I think you guys heard about him. This guy's, I think, kind of good. Yeah, he played 17 seasons in the NFL, 13 with the Colts. I know he had one year out due to injury, so that year doesn't count. Four years with the Broncos. He has thrown for 71,490 passing yards, third most in NFL history. He was at the all-time lead when he retired. He's been passing Breeze and Brady since. 539 passing touchdowns, third most in NFL history. He's been passed by Breeze and Brady since. He is his pass rating ninety six point five is eleventh in NFL history. To give you a st- this, I don't I ignore that because guess who's number eight on that list? Take a wild guess, Tom. Uh, I I honestly don't know. Kirk Jay Cousins. Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Oh, so ignore that. Ignore that. It doesn't mean anything. He has forty three fourth quarter comebacks. That is the most in NFL history. Wow. That, that's a ridiculous stat to think about. That his all time record is two hundred wins. 92 losses. That's the second from Wikipedia because I slapped some stats together there because a lot of people don't give you both. Uh, he retired with the most combined wins. He's been since passed by Brady, like leaps and bounds, but that's irrelevant at this point. Eight, 186 regular season wins is tied for second. He retired tied for the most with Brett Favre from the Evil Green Yellow team and the Vikings and the Jets. He's been passed by Brady since that point in time. His 14 playoff wins are tied for third. He was there when he retired because he's behind Joe Montana and Tom Brady, who is well, <laughs> got like double or triple everyone else at this point. And his two Super <laughs> wins are tied for 10th in NFL history. So he's up there with all the quarterbacks and all the stats. The only debate is where you put him in the top five QBs of all time at this point because there's not much else you can say about Peyton Manning other than he's a top five QB of all time. Absolutely is. Um and like you said, when he left the league, he was leading in most of the stats that you mentioned. And you've just got guys who have um, been playing since and been they Breeze and Brady are consistent quarterbacks that have been putting up numbers for um, the years since uh, Peyton's retirement. And so I think that that is the factor that really is, you know, you, you stop Brady, Breeze, and Manning at the same time, then, then Manning is, is leading. Um, in most of those categories, and so all I think them. that all of them, all of them, like you, you know, you know, you said he's tied for third and yeah. in a few and tenth in a few categories. So I'm, I'm throwing those all in there. Oh, yeah. um, but you know, absolutely, he's a top five quarterback. Uh, the debate can be made of of who's the goat, and I, I really don't want to get into that. Um, we'll, there, we'll, there's, there's no debate because the answer, the question is going to be answered when Tom Brady retires. He's retiring on top. Even if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, he is retiring on top because he is the greatest of all time. There, we said it. We've said it before. We'll say it again. But Tom, uh, Peyton Manning is absolutely top five, yep. unquestionable. Yep. I would say, like for me, it goes Brady one, Montana two. Now you start discussing Manning. He goes three or four in my estimation. That's another topic we have for another time. Uh, talking about top ten quarterbacks of all time. But in yeah. my in my thing, it goes Brady, Ma- Brady, Montana. Then you can throw Manning in there three or four, and that's where he belongs. And that that's high praise because gosh darn it, it took Tom Brady for him to pass Joe Montana in everyone's eyes. So to be third behind those two is, is impressive in some absolutely. Ways. And and this is oh man, this is a guy that you saw you saw him play from a younger age, and um he was he was just yeah, 
he didn't look. He definitely was not the fastest guy. He <laughs> did not look the most impressive on on paper. Kind of like Brady with his combine numbers were eh. Okay, yeah. it's and but it, he he rose above that, and and I think just like Brady, obviously he's risen above his sixth round pick. But man, this is this is a guy who definitely was an athlete. He was he played baseball at at uh, University of Tennessee. It's kind of funny. So all right, so we got. Yeah, I'm going to compare two athletes, not because of uh, their careers or whatever, but the past that they took to get there. So um, Peyton Manning played baseball and football uh, in college at uh, the University of Tennessee. He was a quarterback, um, obviously, for uh, Tennessee, and then he played baseball. I forget what position he was. Yeah. But uh, another guy, Todd Helton, was a quarterback for the Tennessee Volunteers and a first baseman for the baseball team. Both went different paths. Oh, Todd Helton went to the MLB and Peyton Manning, and I believe that they were like uh, subsequent, that they, they were subsequent uh, um, careers at Tennessee, like one right after another. And that I don't, I can't remember which one was first, but I'm pretty sure like Helton was the quarterback and then Manning or vice versa. Um, and so like, that was just kind of a, a funny thought that came into my head of like, you know, he was a multi-sport athlete even in college, and I don't know if he played all four years baseball, but I know that he definitely did. And so that's <laughs> – I thought that was kind of funny. It's like you got two guys who were uh, incredible in their own uh, sense of the game uh, but went two different paths. And so that was that's kind of funny. And uh, I'm not going to say that Todd Helton was necessarily the greatest of all time, no. but uh, definitely – uh, a guy I remember uh, playing ball growing up. And so to to have both guys uh, be volunteer quarterbacks, that was kind of cool. Anyway, not going to talk about that much longer. But, I mean, honestly, he uh, he played the game well. Um, and we, we've got a friend of ours, uh, Leah, who oh, came yeah. on for the Cleveland Indians um, discussion uh, a few weeks back, several weeks back. Um, this the, – this is her man. She she had a huge crush <laughs> over Peyton Manning for years. I remember in college she was like, "Oh man, he's not on the Colts anymore. Looks like I'm a Broncos fan now." And so, like you know, he's a lovable guy. Um, you know, nationwide is on your side now. He did Papa John's for uh, a hot minute too, so <laughs> he makes himself known out there. He makes himself present. Um, definitely a guy that I think. It should be a unanimous vote in this year. Um, if he makes it to a second year on the ballot, there's it, it's something wrong yeah. with the voting in process. Oh yeah, it, he. There's no question about it. They, they should really just pick five people besides him because he's a guarantee. Yeah, he, he's a slam dunk. He's going in. And remember, in the 1998 NFL draft, people thought that you could take Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning. There are people who thought you should take Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning. Ryan Leaf was out of the NFL in two seasons. Peyton Manning is the top five quarterback of all time and deserves to be on the list. I know a lot of people think I don't like him because I'm a Brady guy first. I'm just – I've always respected Manning, but I was always a Brady guy first. Sorry, people, but I have wasn't there a whole, respect of him. Wasn't there a whole issue of the 98 draft of like – I'm trying to remember the whole story where he was drafted and then immediately traded to no, the Colts? No, that's – No, that's – that was Eli, who was drafted by the Chargers and they traded. I, I knew it was a man. I knew it was a Manning. Okay, yeah. forget that, was, that I even started talking. But I, I knew that one of the Manning kids had um, sort of a, an issue with their draft day. Yeah, that was Eli. Payton okay. was number one, and everyone knew it. Everyone knew it was happening. Oh, yeah. I said okay. a few. I said a few morons who thought I should go number number two. There was a few idiots out there, but 
There's a few, but, but I, I think just, he's clearly a top five, oh yeah. one of the greatest players in NFL history, uncontested. You cannot deny that the facts that we've put before you are, they speak for themselves. Oh, absolutely. And those were our top five guys we thought going in. We got Reggie Wayne at five. He probably should be four. And I probably should put John Lynch at five, but I kind of wanted to give us a little time to go into John Lynch. Number three, Charles Woodson. Very respectable. Yes, he played for an evil green yellow team that hails from Green Bay, Wisconsin, but he's a Hall of Famer nonetheless. Number two, we have Megatron. Probably should be Calvin John uh, Woodson at two, but Megatron should be talked about higher than he is. And Manning, number one, duh. Duh, yeah. yeah. That's that's the perfect way to describe <laughs> Manning's vote into the Hall of Fame. Duh. duh. <laughs> yes. Manning should be in the Hall of Fame? Duh. <laughs> I if there is a single person that does not vote for him this year, they should be left off the committee. Oh, there's a lot of people who do that just so that no one gets the perfect writing because that that's happened in the MLB so many times. It's like, dude, it's you unanimous. Guys, just do it. That are so deserving. It's like you yeah. cannot, you can't yeah. not right. give it to them. Yeah, you have so to. I, do I, it. I don't know. I'm, I'm just a little. I, I I don't like it when guys who are clearly good enough don't get. The, the votes to do it. And honest, obviously he's going to get the votes to do it, but he should be unanimous. Yeah. And um, there are guys just out there that love to watch the world burn. And so, um, you know, they, they uh, if you vote no to him, you don't deserve to be on the, <laughs> the hall of fame voting committee because this is greatness personified. Absolutely. And that means everyone to other greatness, someone else who is great. Uh, there's rumors I got out there that there, that Chris Evans, you know, you might know him as Captain um, of Captain America fame, and he and Marvel Studios have come to an agreement of Chris Evans reprising his role as Captain America in M- in the MCU. It's likely for one movie. That's the rumors right now, but it could be for a second. Nothing's been conclusive. I've looked everywhere. Nothing's conclusive at this point in time. But it's unlikely he be- he returns as as I put on our notes, our shield wielding, Mjolnir wielding. Captain America, we saw in Avengers Infinity Wars, but it's more likely he does a Tony Stark, otherwise known as Robert Downey Jr. in, in the Spider-Man series, where he's just in there as a mentor in a couple movies. And he's not the main character. But he could come back as the shield-holding, mirror weirding Captain America because of Disney Plus and on TV shows that happened within that same time frame. So it's a possibility, but we don't know. But I know you texted me about this, and I said, yeah, let's do this. I've heard this bit as well. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I know there's there's some buzz about other Disney Plus um, Marvel stuff happening this past week. We don't want to get into that yet with WandaVision. Um, I'm still processing, honestly. <laughs> but I, I didn't know how to feel about this. I think it was a little uh, weird and maybe abrupt how we um, – how, how we kind of just had to leave Captain America behind and leave Chris Evans as Captain America behind after Endgame. Um, I, I think it was a, an interesting ending for his character. But to see that they want to bring him back, I'm intrigued as how they're going to make it happen. I know that uh, I've read the same thing that you did, that it's not going to be a lead role. It's going to be more of a supporting role like like Tony is in um the spider-man series uh, of movies and so but i don't know i, I don't know how they're going to work it in with the timeline because the timeline was pretty clear um at the end of endgame so I, you know i'd be interested to see what they do for that um because that's really what is going to get a lot of super fans kind of riled up is 
you know, the timeline is the timeline. How are you going to bring cap back? Because we have old cap. And so, uh, and he has already passed over the shield to the Falcons. So that, that honestly, I think um, that's another reason we're not going to get the typical shield holding Mjolnir wielding Captain America. And I'm using your phrasing that you put there. Um, do I like that it's Chris Evans though, and, and not trying to uh, recast someone to take on a, a role of that sort? No one can be Captain America after this. No. So I, I think for it, them to still come to an agreement with Chris Evans, even after we knew that he, he was going to be done after Endgame, he announced that before Endgame was released. So I think for them to come back for maybe a one movie, maybe another, we really don't have a lot of details on this, which is why uh, we don't really have a whole lot to share. It's more our reaction to the news I like that it's Chris Evans. It feels right. I just want them to do it the right way because, you know, you and I have kind of become super fans over the years of these movies. And so I think that for them to rush in and just try to use him somewhere haphazardly could really earn some backlash. But I, I think that uh, if they do it the right way, they can kind of really, um, send him off uh, of the MCU properly. Yeah, so I have four things here. As you were talking, I thought four things I didn't think about, I didn't put on our notes. One, we knew that he, uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Natasha Romanoff, and Tony Stark, also known as Robert Downey Jr., were going to be done. That's what, mm -hmm. we, what we knew. But they, they killed off Tony Stark and they killed off uh, Natasha Romanoff. So those two were done, though. They, they're not coming back. They, they, they done. They didn't kill off Cap, which was an interesting choice from the start. Like, that was interesting. So you knew there's a possibility they bring him back. Two, this feels like it's a response to losing Chadwick Boseman from Black Panther, that they need to bring someone back from the main cast mm -hmm. because he was going to be a huge part of the next cycle. So it felt like he's going. they did that to help that out. And then for the three and four, there are two paths for this in my estimation. One, he serves as the mentor to uh, Falcon, who becoming becoming Captain America. So Anthony Mackie's Falcon, Captain America. He serves as his mentor and trying to teach him how to be Cap, because it, it's a transition. Because Cap has a certain uh, standard that you have to bear, and that is you fight for the rights of everybody, darn what everyone else thinks, and it, it's hard for people to do that sometimes. And two, could we see his? adventures take place from when he returns to the past and marries Peggy and we see Captain America's adventures in the past of what he did in the, in the altered timeline. Could we get that? I think that would be cool. And you just dropped down what you were drinking. You're like, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I didn't think about that. And you just, if that's what they're doing, Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, I can get behind that. I can get excited about both of those things that you just talked about, but more so about, Kind of the the past tense, mm -hmm. Captain. That would be awesome. Yeah, what what he did is I'm kind of kicking out over that idea, man. I just thought about like, hey, that's a dang good idea. Why is no one talked about that? That's a genius idea. Get maybe Kevin Feige on the phone. Maybe, they, maybe they, they came up with that all of a sudden. They were like, okay, we need to do this, um, especially with you know. Uh, I mean, you have a lot of main characters, but you got you got to admit that. Uh, Chris Evans was a lead, like he was like a very strong front and center lead for the past 10 years. And so um, 10 plus, excuse me. So I think that, you know, to bring him back in, in that sort of role where they're going back and seeing, you know, past cap, just as we're, we're getting a, um, you know, with the 
Black Widow movie. We're getting the, the backstory to Natasha Romanoff. That could be maybe the, what, where they're going with, with that sort of thing. But I definitely could also see them developing um, him as a, a mentor to Falcon. But if they're bringing him back for a movie, and primarily where we're seeing Falcon and Winter Soldier is in the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV series, maybe there's not as much uh, of an opportunity. I mean, you could still throw him in there, but if they're you're, they're signing him on for a movie, are they making plans for a Falcon Winter Soldier movie in the future already when the series has, isn't even out yet? And so there's a lot of what ifs, a lot of questions, but um, give us your response to the news, your reaction to the news um, in the, the comments, what you think about bringing Evans back as the character and where you think the character is going to go. So, um, yeah, interesting week to say the least. And we will have a reaction to WandaVision at some point, but, I mean, my mind's neutral right now. Yeah. It's... <laughs> the uh, yeah. first. We only have two, two episodes right now, and um, I, I don't even know what's up from down. Um, so we'll, we'll leave it at that and continue on. Chris, hit him with the outro. Yeah, so please follow our Facebook page with Tom said. Let us know what you guys think about the episode. Let us know if you have a different top five NFL uh, class of 21 modern era candidates. There's a lot of other guys going in, but the modern era is kind of voted on by uh, a committee. People know about them more. It's more of an active participation thing. So let us know what you guys think. Or you email us at sports and more with CT, capital C, capital T, at gmail.com. This is where having video would be. Very helpful because we just flash at the bottom of the screen for you guys to just see it, make it nice and easy, but we're not there yet. Maybe someday. Maybe someday if we get sponsored for a uh, an expensive uh, streaming computer. Uh, as always, you can go to our Anchor page or Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, and a host of other listening platforms to download this episode and any future episodes we create. And we love that you're going back and listening to our old stuff because – Clearly, that is making a difference. You're going to help us meet our goal. I know it. We love you guys for that. And help us get to 1,000. I have a confetti cannon I got for Christmas during uh, Bunko. If we get to 1,000, I will blow off that confetti cannon. I don't know if we can do it on air or if we do it on video, but I will blow that thing off and celebrate it for 1,000 plays. Let's get to that point, people. I don't want to wait for 100 episodes. Let's get to 1,000 plays first, and we'll blow that off sooner than expected. But we would like to thank all of you, probably the tens and tens of people listening to our ridiculous takes and rumors and everything from NFL Hall of Fame to Captain America returning. Absolutely. And I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on yours. I don't have a confetti cannon, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I I can get some I have access to Tannerite. And so I, I think that uh, if uh, if that happens, we get to a thousand plays before or, or just at at all. Um, I'll I'll put out a video of just you know big explosion because people love big explosions. Yeah. Confetti cannon, big explosions. That's what this is all about. We're over halfway there. We can make it. So uh, yeah, <laughs> before it's illegal, let's do it. Um, <laughs> anyway. Our next episode's creation date is to be decided, but we will have a preview of the conference round of the NFL playoffs coming to you before the games this Sunday. Uh, we will be recording this weekend, and we'll try to get to uh, that to you before the game starts. So keep an eye on our Facebook page for an update regarding that episode. But until then, as always, and especially over the coming days, stay warm, watch for deer, watch for ice, stay safe and healthy.
Sports and more with Chris and Tom is brought to you by no one. All non-original thoughts and ideas were properly noted during each segment.